Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here. And if some of you were like me, you put on the, not the freshman 15, but the 20 COVID. <laughs> COVID 20 is what I put on. Uh, we're talking about health and wellness, and I'm looking forward to this conversation because in Michigan, 17.3% of youth ages 10 to 17 have obesity, and one in three children are overweight. To talk with us about our health and wellness and these issues is the spokesperson for Blue Cross Blue Shield, Shanti Apollo. Shanti, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. And thanks for sharing this conversation with us. I'm sure you know all too well that a lot of people put on weight during COVID, but you know we've had an obesity issue and an epidemic in this country for a long time. Um, so talk to us about this recent stat you shared with me in Michigan. 17.3% of youth ages 10 to 17 have obesity. One in three children are overweight. What are you contributing this to? Well, I think one thing that's really relevant right now is that a lot of parents are working from home. If anyone needs a vacation right now, it's probably a parent who has <laughs> been teaching virtual school and trying yeah. to balance working from home. It's a lot. Yes. Uh, and so what I wanted to focus on today was processed foods and ultra processed foods and what that really means and how it can affect our health, in particular in children. Because if we look at some statistics in the United States, we see that two-thirds of calories in school-aged children come from ultra-processed foods. So it's a significant amount of ultra-processed foods that children are consuming. Uh, we know that these are higher in calories, higher in sugar, saturated fat. And so they really do have an effect not only immediately on weight, but they can also have an effect on long-term health too. So give us an example, Shanti, of, you know, often bad food tastes really good. So <laughs> yes. give, us a, give us an example of ultra processed food. And I'm going to tell you what my daughter and I were eating during COVID shutdown and uh, <laughs> you'll relate. So tell us what, what are some uh, ultra processed food? Yeah. So basically processing, what it means is that the food is undergoing some kind of process that makes it different. So Processing can be really healthy, actually. So, you know, we enjoy cheese and milk really safely nowadays, and that's yeah. because of pasteurization. So pasteurization is a really good form of processing, but it comes to a point where they are so processed that there's little or no actual food intact in that food anymore. So, you know, a minimally processed food might be corn on the cob. You know, we might grill it. Uh, we might put like a little salt and pepper on it, whatever. Uh, processed food would be canned sweet corn. Um, mm -hmm. And that way we're adding, you know, some preservatives maybe to the canning process, maybe a few other ingredients. And then the ultra processed food for corn would be something like corn chips or something made with corn syrup. So you mm -hmm. see there with the ultra processed, we're not seeing that corn in its form anymore. I see. And so, um, during COVID, I have to tell you, my daughter and I were on a Cheez-Its binge, Cheez-Its <laughs> binge. And I still love Cheez-Its, but I ate way too many, uh, like, a, you know, anything that you'd eat processed. And so it's so funny because post, you know, as we were moving past COVID and things were opening up, both of us are like, oh my gosh, you know, this was horrible. This and, is a whole new world out here. Yeah. <laughs> and my daughter like took action September 8th and said, I'm done. I'm not eating any more sugar or processed food. And I'm going to go clean and I'm going to work out. And she actually dropped 35 pounds. 
Wow. Yeah. And it's, she gained a lot during COVID and we, so did I. Um, so, you know, how, what does this do not only for our weight, but it's got to have other effects on our body. And I mean, I, I just remember feeling so sluggish, like, you know, and I feel so much better not eating so much processed food. Yeah. I mean, it has so many different ways that it manifests in us. So first of all, we might want to keep eating the Cheez-Its because mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a reward system going on to uh, yeah. eating processed foods. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've heard of people call themselves sugar addicts, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, maybe salt addicts. So what happens when we eat a lot of salt and sweet foods, which happen oftentimes to be ultra processed, is that they trigger the release of dopamine. So Mm. all of a sudden we have this brain chemical that's motivating us to eat more of that because it's rewarding that behavior. They're like, Hey, you know, we, we really like when you eat that food because it is releasing dopamine, keep eating Mm -hmm. it. Right. So there's like an addicting component in a way. Mm. The other thing it does is that it helps us or it helps us. It makes us eat faster and more. So there was this really interesting study a couple of years ago. Um, And it was posted in cell metabolism Mm -hmm. and they looked at two or two different groups of people that switched between two different diets. One was minimally processed and one was ultra processed. And so on minimally processed, they might've had yogurt with fruit for breakfast. And the other one, they might've had a bagel with cream cheese for breakfast. And so what happened was that these two groups enjoyed the foods the exact same, but when they were on the ultra processed food diet, they gained on average two more pounds and they ate faster and more. And Mm. what was interesting about it is that they only ate more carbohydrates and more fat. Mm. They didn't eat more protein, which is the macronutrient that makes us fuller for longer. So could be the hydrogenated oils, the high fructose corn syrup, the preservatives, the emulsifiers. Those are all kind of possible culprits, but they do make us just eat more in general. Mm. Another thing that was that's really interesting is a study that happened in children. It just got published this summer, and they saw that children who consume more ultra-processed foods not only gain weight quicker, but they also translate a lot of unhealthy behaviors and unhealthy eating into adulthood and have more trouble losing weight. And so there are you know, ways that this is going to manifest in children as they grow older. Um, Another thing is that when we look at this is not done in children, this is only research that's kind of uh, done in adults so far, but they looked at different people who ate ultra processed versus minimally processed. And they looked at their telomeres, which is a part of a chromosome. So it has to do with DNA. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what happens when we eat too much processed foods, or at least the association in the study showed this, was that the, uh, these telomeres were shortening. And so every time they were copying themselves, they were shortening and it causes the cells to age. And so in that way, it could have something to do with aging as well. Wow. So is that a genetic component? It's like not in every person. So everyone has telomeres. Um, okay. It's the, it's on the end of a chromosome. Okay. And so they're, you know, the kind of repetitive sequence of non-coding DNA. Okay. Uh, I don't want to get too scientific here, yeah, but basically yeah. we all have them. Okay. Uh, and so each time our cells divide, the telomeres get shorter. And so they eventually get so short that the cell can't divide anymore. So okay. the telomeres might be getting even shorter the more processed foods or ultra processed foods that we eat. And so in that way, it can have an effect on aging. 
So Shanti, this may sound like a, a ridiculous question, but why is it so easy to put on weight and so hard to take it off? <laughs> you know, I almost look at it like taking care of a plant. It's like, I wish my tomatoes were ready tomorrow. Yeah. And I can also kill my plant overnight. <laughs> yeah. You ain't kidding. No, you ain't you kidding. know what I mean, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but I mean, you make a good point. It can be frustrating. Um, you know, we've got all these convenient foods, especially with the processed foods, they're beautiful. They're convenient. They're packaged. They're even at eye level with you. They're in the checkout aisle. Yes. Uh, They're everywhere. And they also have those components that are addicting. So it's, it's kind of set up against us a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we, so what do we do? Like, how do we reduce the processed food? And a lot of people listening are, are, are probably in the same boat that my daughter and I found ourselves in and gaining weight during the COVID lockdown. So what do we do? Yeah, I think there are a few different components to this. If we're focusing on children, we definitely want to focus on the way that we're framing food, because if we think about our food, a lot of us know what to do. Uh, We know that an apple is healthier than a cracker. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is really focus on that mind kind of brain connection that we have with food. And so with children, framing food and exercise in a healthy way is going to be really important. So, you know, framing foods in a way that can make them feel good, grow strong, help them play better, do better in school. And like refrain from joking about weight or like joking about having ice cream and we have to work it off. Right. Mm. And so that food isn't something that's earned. So that's Mm. one component. We just want to frame healthy food in a healthy way so that they're more likely to make those choices. Another thing is that, you know, we want children to be involved in the process. So if they can be part of making some healthy snacks, I'll suggest a few in a little bit. uh, They're more likely to eat it especially if they're part of choosing them right when, when you're at the grocery store. So if you're like, Hey, help me pick out a fruit that you can eat for a snack this week, they might be more likely than if you choose it, um, for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing. idea. That's a great yeah. idea. I, I, from personal experience, Shanti, I have to say that's worked for me, you know, for lunch, you know, let her go to the grocery store and the produce section said, I would say, pick out whatever you want and we'll put it in your lunch. Um, How fun is that? Yeah. So it's like, sounds like a little bit of a bonding moment too. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm but sorry. children love to have control because they don't get control as often as we exactly, do. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. They take ownership of it. So go ahead. I'm sorry, cut you off. What else? Oh, you no, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Um, no, I think you make a really good point there. Just like finding different ways to get them involved. And even if they can't choose anything they want, maybe give them two choices. You know, do you want an apple or banana? And then they're still in control of making a choice, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's a a really good point. Um, At what age, I mean, do we do different things at different ages? I mean, I, you know, a a, a little kid can decide at a grocery store when you narrow it down to a couple of choices opposed to like a teenager, but at what age should we have these conversations with our children in terms of healthy eating and healthy living? Oh, I think it starts really young. Um, you know, when they're kind of trying different foods, we want to encourage them to give all the foods as much of a try as they can, you know, our taste buds change as we age. So if we can kind of, uh, start them young and really kind of exploring foods in that way, they're like, well, maybe I don't like it today, but if I try it again next time, maybe my, you know, taste buds have altered to where I will enjoy that. So just framing it in that kind of way. Um, But 
really the way we want f- children to look at foods that doesn't encourage, you know, unhealthy eating, disordered eating when they get older is having a positive relationship where they look at foods as a way to uh, help them grow, like I said, but also a thing that can be fun, um, a way that brings family together. So start them young with those conversations, uh, start them young with getting involved. It can mean different things. So if they're a four-year-old, we don't want them handling a knife per se, an adult knife. So maybe they can help by just washing the lettuce for you or getting involved in the kitchen when they're a little older, maybe they're ready to chop something or just maybe mix something together in a bowl. So it just needs to be small steps as they get older. Is Shanti, is that part of the framing uh, food as well? Is that part of that process of framing food is how we handle it with our children at a young age? Yeah, definitely. And the other component of that is going to just be being a role model. That doesn't mean that you have to eat perfect all the time. That doesn't mean that the Cheez-Its can't be part of a snack sometimes, you know. But if you're encouraging your children to drink water with dinner, we also want to see parents drinking water with dinner and not a soda. So just kind of showing that you're part of that as well and that health is important to you is another really great component. It sounds like you're doing that with your daughter. Uh, you know, going to the grocery store, like picking out your fruits and vegetables and then having her do the same. Yeah, we've 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 had weight issues in my family, both sides. And so I'm very cognizant of that. And it's we just gain weight very quickly. Uh, and so to, to make choices or I was trying to prevent her having the same issues my husband and I had. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it's it, these are good, great, great uh, advice here, Shanti. And and what other suggested healthy snacks and junk food swaps can we make? You know, an apple instead of crackers. But what else can we do? Yeah. So, you know, of course, we know that a lot of those crackers, we know that the cereal bars and the breakfast cereals and things like that can be really high in sugar, saturated fat and all that. Those are kind of the ultra processed. So for thinking about swaps for those, I love doing smoothies with kids. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of hiding vegetables. Like I, I like for the children to know what's going in there, mm-hmm. uh, because then, you know, there's not a secret. They're not mm-hmm. going to feel like you're hiding anything from them. So they might be more likely to eat it because they're smart. They'll figure out that there's kale in the smoothie. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's, it's a great way to incorporate calcium fruits and vegetables. If, if you decide to put that in there. And, you know, it can be fun because they can just kind of play mixologists themselves. Mm. Um, Fruit and yogurt, another good one. If you want to make it a little more fun where maybe they're dipping their strawberries into the yogurt. Uh, Hummus and veggies is a really good one. Um, You can even if you're if they're feeling a pizza, you can make a mini pizza with like whole wheat toasted English muffin and then put Mm. marinara sauce and some low fat mozzarella on there. So it's easy and it kind of mimics pizza but we're not getting all of that processing there Mm. i also love like pinwheels veggie and hummus pinwheels it's a good one oh that's a good one too yeah those are great great choices i love the um the mock pizza type of thing that's a great (laughs) idea you know um i'm a big pizza person uh we're talking about healthy health and wellness today with health and wealth wellness spokesperson for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Shanti Apollo is joining us here on It's Our Community. Uh, just reiterating stats of in Michigan, 17.3% of youth ages 10 to 17 have obesity. One in three children are overweight. We're talking about ultra processed foods are convenient and inexpensive, but they're not always healthy for us. We're talking about different health choices that we can make with our families and 
In terms of how to spot ultra processed food on nutrition fact labels, what do we do? Yeah. So typically the way I like to look at it is the more ingredients it has, typically the more processed it's going to be. You want to look out for things that are going to have preservatives. So if you see preservatives on a label, it's not just going to say preservatives. It's probably going to say something like ascorbic acid, um, sodium benzoate, potassium sorbate. So just kind of words maybe you haven't seen in everyday life. Uh, Emulsifiers. Soy lecithin is a really common one, monoglycerides. But emulsifiers basically help prevent liquids from separating from solids. So, you know, if you see like a no-stir peanut butter, that might be because it has some emulsifiers added. Mm. Uh, Thickeners will add texture. So if, um, you know, all of these things make the food more desirable (laughs) and make it last longer. So if you see a thickener added, you might see xanthan gum pectin or guar gum and then oftentimes they'll have colors added to them too so if you see like a number like yellow number six or something uh or it'll usually say like a red number something uh and that'll be a kind of color added to it so basically more ingredients but what we really want to watch out for are different names for sugar and different names for saturated fat and and so if we kind of if we I'm sure we could figure that out through a list of, of especially things we can't pronounce or identify. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, that's always been my trick. If I can't pronounce it or identify it, I'm like, mm, this is probably not that good for me. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the in the label, um, for people listening here, Shanti, who kind of feel overwhelmed by mm-hmm. the whole weight loss process, or they think that it costs too much money to eat healthy, you know, mm-hmm. or they don't know where to start, type of thing, because it can be overwhelming and daunting. Um, yeah. What advice? you have for people listening here in your community? Well, I think some easy places to start is going to be what we drink. Um, and so mm. if, you know, sugary beverages are a big part of your day, whether that's starting out with a morning coffee with quite a bit of creamer or sugar, uh, or if it's just a soda to keep you going throughout the day, get that caffeine in, all of those are going to rack up the calories and sugar so quickly. Um, and they're not going to give us that long lasting energy. So some people like it initially, some people need it a little bit more warming up to uh, sparkling yeah. water, but those are it's a really good place water. to go. Oh my God, me too. I'm going to tell you a trick. This is what I do. I've been doing this for years. Please I stopped do. drinking pop years and years ago. I was a, I was a diet pop type of person. I don't do that anymore, but, um, I love sparkling water and I squeeze lemon or lime in it. Like even if I buy the lemon sparkling or that's like my pop, you know, I squeeze Mm -hmm. fresh lemon or fresh lime or fresh orange juice or just a little bit, not a lot, you know, like a half and with lots of crushed ice. And I feel like I'm, I'm having a treat. Yeah. It's like a midday cocktail, but it's yeah. socially acceptable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, it satisfies my, cause I like the carbonation. Yes. So it satisfies too. my need for carbonation and it gives me a little flavor and I don't do too much juice in it, especially orange juice. Cause it has sugar in it, but I do with the lemon and limes. I do love that. Yes. I love that. We actually just got a sparkling water maker. Uh, I will tell everyone who's listening. It doesn't save money. <laughs> It saves room in your fridge and it saves you trips to the bottle room, but you do not save money on those, but they're great. And I have, you know, different flavor drops for them. And 
I, I will say some people, it takes a few different tries to get used to it. But like you said, it's an amazing treat and it makes it feel like a little more exciting than just water. And I love that you did the lime and the lemon juice. The fresh stuff really makes a difference. Yeah, it does. I, I absolutely love it. So, and so those are little tricks too. I know people that actually replacing the sugary sodas with the sparkling water. Now I haven't been one of those people cause I'm not so lucky, but they they'll drop weight quickly, you know, oh I mean? my just by making that choice. Yes. You know, there's some people that just can drop that their weight gain was those sugary drinks. Absolutely. Uh, I worked with several patients like that and we would look at where their calories were coming from. And for some, it was 2000 calories a day from Mountain Dew or something. And so wow, easily dropping two pounds or more a week from just cutting that out. So that's a significant one. Definitely. So Shanti, when and how do we know for people listening here to, to incorporate exercise, like when, how, what kind, what's a must, what's too much? Like, where do we start with exercise? Can we just walk? You know, what, what do we need to do? Do we, do we have to join a gym type of thing? <laughs> well, it's definitely helpful to find a way to have structure to that exercise to make sure you get it in. So in a way, gyms can be helpful. Maybe there's a group fitness class that gets you motivated. But really what it is, is getting more movement in throughout the day. However, you can try to pack in more movement it's going to be more helpful. So, you know, if you are in an office already, if you need to go to the bathroom, take the long way, go to one on a different floor, squeeze in that extra stair usage. If you're at home and you're just talking on the phone with, you know, a teammate having a call where you don't need a computer, walk around the block and get some steps in. Uh, so just finding different ways to be active throughout the day. You don't have to think too hard, uh, without racking up a lot of minutes doing that, you know, just little things. Um, you also want to think about different types of activity. So definitely walking is helpful. Um, we burn some calories, we build some muscle strength in our legs, but we also want to make sure that we're incorporating some stretches that's going to help us not only uh, feel better now, but it's going to help with longevity. It's going to help you stay independent for longer. So just trying to find ways to be active where you're getting your kind of heart rate going, you're stretching, and then you're also building muscle. So those three types. So for people listening who want to find out more about the work that you're doing with Blue Cross Blue Shield, uh, Shanti, uh, Apollo, how do they find you or more about Blue Cross Blue Shield too? Great. Yeah. So healthiermichigan.org is a website that we have through Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan that has a lot of great health advice and just blogs and different recipes. I, for one, put up basically a recipe every week on there that are really fun. And um, I try to make them affordable and easy. And um, something else, you know, as we're talking about children, we have the Building Healthy Communities Grant, uh, MI Kids Can is a initiative helping kids get more active and, you know, getting more activity and building healthy habits. Um, and we've partnered out with some uh, great sports organizations throughout the state to get kids kind of one of those once in a lifetime opportunities. So lots That's of great. good stuff there. That's great. So is it healthiermichigan.org? ahealthiermichigan.org. Yeah. ahealthiermichigan.org. ahealthiermichigan.org is the website. What else do you want to share with our listeners here in the community before we let you go, Shanti Apollo? 
Yeah. Don't worry too much. Don't be too hard on yourself and trying to be perfect. Just focus on small little things that you can incorporate into your life. Maybe for you, it's incorporating more fruits and vegetables. Maybe for someone else, it's finding those moments to squeeze in activity. We can't all be perfect, but it's really good to just find a place to start. Great. Shakti Apollo, thank you so much for joining us here in It's Your Community. Thank you, Vanessa. Again, Shanti Apollo, health and wellness spokesperson for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, a healthiermichigan.org. A healthiermichigan.org is the website. If you have any questions, comments, show topics you want me to get to, you can get to me, Vanessa Denha. You do that very easily by going to Epiphany Communications and Coaching. It's my website. You can email me there. You can find me on all my social media platforms. I'm on Twitter. I share links to the shows there. And I'm on Instagram and uh, Epiphany Communications Coaching on Facebook. And I'm also on LinkedIn. So you could private message me on any of my social media platforms as well. As always, remind our listeners to connect, to collaborate, and to communicate with your community. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next time here on It's Your Community. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.